Put the fucking mic on. How we doing, folks? It's your boy, DB Barstool Sports Starting Nine, and you are listening to the End of the Bench. Scoot your ass down. Welcome to episode 107 of End of the Bench. On this episode, we got two topics. We'll talk about the second topic in a second because the first topic is very, very important. We're talking Alex Rodriguez is walking back on his statements talking about wanting a salary cap. Very interesting because the guy's made millions of dollars in his career. But the main topic we're going to be talking about today is 15 women came out to the Washington Post talking about how they were sexually harassed and how to be verbally abused while working for the Washington Redskins, which Dan Snyder, who is the owner, it was mostly people in his inner circle. Now, 14 of the 15 women said that they didn't want their names to be out there because, quoting, citing fear of litigation. Most likely there's some sort of NDA that's involved saying that there's, you know, I don't want to be involved in this. There could be some sort of legal ramifications after if I say my name, which is everyone knows what the NDA is. So the one woman that came out and said, spoke on the matter is Emily Applegate. It was the amount of the, the I'm not going to go in detail from every single quote, but some of the stuff that was involved was absolutely horrifying, talking about wearing tight dresses, tight skirts. I'm going to give you inappropriate hugs, um, you know, asking or talking with amongst the other men, talking about how um, of her boobs are real or not. That's just another example of some other um, story that's come out. But before this was posted yesterday evening, Multiple times throughout the week, there was these cryptic, teasing social media posts about this article that came out calling this bombshell story on Daniel Snyder's franchise as will be dropped. I think personally, anyone that says there's a big report coming just to make them look good or boost their social media follower count just because they know something that no one else does, you're a dick, dude. Wrong move. You shouldn't be teasing something like this like it's you're teasing someone getting signed on a team, right? This isn't the rumor mills. This is serious shit. Serious, serious shit. And people are making out to this as like it's just not that important. Earlier in the week, the you know, even last week, we, the beginning of this Redskins conversation was about the name change. Dan Snyder for a while was like, "I'm we're not changing it. We're never going to change it. You have FedEx coming out and saying, look, we want out of our contract. Nike's did not, is, has dropped their merchandise off the website. He's bending the knee and he's doing it. He's going to get the name change. And then we see earlier in the week that this somewhat bombshell story is evolving. You know, the Jay Gruden, the Jay Gruden thing about him sleeping with his secretary or there's more information. The rumor about um, of Dan Snyder could possibly be on this, you know, Jeffrey Epstein flight logging booklet, but he was on the flights with Jeffrey Epstein, whatever. It wasn't that. But the fact of the matter is, is that there was these rumors or these cryptic teasing 
articles before this was dropped was just pure wrong. It was just a wrong move. Shouldn't have done that. But to really focus on the article at hand, um, I'm I, I'm in the, I'm in as a young person I'm I'm in this sports industry and I'm seeing a lot of things good and bad, and um, I've luckily haven't seen anything like this because if I saw something 100% I'm going to say something right. You have notable people accused in this. Like director of pro personnel Alex Santos, this guy is a complete dirtbag. Never did the right, th- never did the right thing. Always did the wrong thing. He was always flirting. He was being, he was touching these women. He was, you know, flirting in the most weird and gross way you can. Um, there's also assistant director of pro personnel Richard Maine, Richard Mann the third. Uh, radio play-by-play announcer Larry Michael, and just to let, let everybody know, which if you haven't read the article, all three departed the organization in the past week. Now, also the the, the Washington team—they're not going to be calling the other team's name anymore—so they hired a firm to review the organization's culture, policy, and allegations of the workplace and misconduct. When I saw that before the article came out. That's when I was like, oh boy, is this really going to happen? Is there really, something really is about to happen, like bad, something bad is about to happen. And um, when this came out, I didn't have a Washington Post subscription. I bought one. I really wanted to read this thing. I've read it three times this morning just so I have a grasp of what's going on. You know, Emily Applegate said, like, this is this was my dream to work for an NFL team, to work for a football team. This has been my goal to work in sports media. And it's been ruined because these absolute dirtbag animals, these animals ruined it. Thinking that they can get by. No one will find out. Fucking dirtbags. And Dan Snyder had a fucking, he he had a report come out today, his statement from the owner, Dan Snyder. The NFL needs to force Dan Snyder to sell the team. It's plain and simple. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. You just have him sell the team. You can't have this, you can't have this animal still roaming around the NFL owning a franchise. And guess what? There's there's definitely a lot more women in that organization that are too afraid to say something. Way too afraid. And yet, as of right now, Dan Snyder is still the owner. Now, it hasn't been um hasn't been even twenty four hours yet since the article. Yeah, it hasn't. But guess what? This will get resolved very quickly. Dan Snyder, in my opinion, I think is going to get out of this fucking league. Somehow, someway, the NFL, the all the owners will take a vote and kick his ass out. Like Donald Sterling with his racist remarks, right? Talking about horrible things about his players and people in the NBA. He was forced out of the league so fast. NBA did it right. Can we see something with the NFL doing this? We saw with the Panthers owner 
He was gone. But we need Dan Snyder out of here. Look, Dan Snyder has never been liked during his tenure. Never. His teams have always sucked. He's done the worst signings, the worst trades. Okay, maybe did he sign Landon Collins for a lot of money? Maybe too much money? Sure. Good player. Good signing. Whatever. Dwayne Haskins, did you draft a franchise quarterback? Maybe. Sure. Who knows? Robert Griffin III, not great. Albert Hainsworth, you gave him so much money, he said, okay, I'll take it and then never play again. (laughs) The only thing you had good was Clinton Portis and Sean Taylor over your tenure. But you haven't won anything. Now, when you haven't won anything, you've been a dick owner to your players, and you have this, you got to get the fuck out. There's no room, there's no place for this kind of behavior in the sports industry, in any industry at all. Zero, none. And last night, I'm reading, I didn't read the article last night, but I, I was on Twitter, of course, ever, just like everyone else is, and I saw a tweet roam around, and I thought it was, you know, my, I, I thought I should do it. It was from Emily Walden who is a natural prospect writer for The Athletic, she tweeted out, quote, tweet this tweet with women you know working in sports who are making an impact. I did it, and I tagged in Gap Gowdy. I I tagged in her, I don't know her last name, but it's Sarah. Her her, um, Twitter handle is SKG underscore 18. I also tagged in Jordan Cacelli. I also added in Aaliyah Funkshow. Also... L. Duncan and Chelsea Thomas. There's no room for this shit at all. And I'm reading all these stories of these girls that are tweeting out their experiences. If it's, um, if it was a boyfriend that gave him some, uh, um, talked about how women, you know, they don't know their shit. They don't know sports. Get used to it, guys. They're they know the shit. Look who. Look at the biggest names in sports media. There's a ton of women. Aaron Andrews. Mina Kimes. Sage Steele. L. Duncan. Shout out L. Duncan. Carissa Thompson. Casey Smith. There's a ton. I can go on and on and on. Laura Rutledge. Maria Taylor. Taylor Rook. There's a ton of women that absolutely fucking kick ass. Charlotte Wilder. I can keep going. Don't make me. I'll fucking keep going. That was a ton already. There's so many more that I didn't name. Oh, wait. The pioneer, Robin Roberts. Get used to it, you fucking idiots. There is a ton of room for women in this industry. And there always will be. Always will be. The fact that men still believe this bullshit that women in sports in general, if you're talking about sports or if you're in the fucking accounting department for working for an organization and you think there there shouldn't be or they don't have the knowledge about the background of sports or the team or the statistics, you'll be very surprised. 
lot of women that know a lot more sports than men do. Get fucking used to it. When it comes to this situation, though, 15 women have come out. 15. It's an extremely high number. Guess what is also a high number? One. One is too high. And this is not going to be the last story you're going to hear about sexual harassment or verbal abuse. I mean, there's 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 stories in here about, the, I think it was Richard, Richard Mann over here, this dickhead, fucking screaming and yelling. It might not have been him or it could have been someone else, but I remember the story that there was screaming and yelling at someone because they might not have done something right. Cursing, belittling them, and then on the way home, they're crying. Look, I've been a part of baseball teams over the years where some coaches or assistant coaches or even players, their way of expressing their frustration or expressing their statement of whatever they need to talk about in yelling and cursing and belittling somebody that might work for somebody that does not work for a lot of people. I uh, didn't work for me. So how is someone like a woman in this story getting yelled at all the time, t- saying they're stupid. What are you an idiot? You know, and then also talking about their figure and saying how hot they are and saying that you should wear skirts more, wear high heels, don't wear flats, push your boobs up, make your ass look big. Like, that shit is not going to fly. And imagine you're a woman getting both that abuse and verbal abuse. And you have to go to work every single day, 9 to 5. And you're dreading waking up and going to work. You're, you're, but you're excited once that 5 o'clock hits. Once it hits 5 o'clock, you check out and you're gone. That shouldn't be how it, that shouldn't happen. I'll never know how it feels to be, to be sexually harassed or verbally abused in the workplace in general, but we're talking about sports here. I've, I've worked in, in different, in different organizations, if it's been teams or radio networks or whatever, I've never experienced it. I've, I'm happy that I've never seen it. I'm very happy. I haven't seen it. But the fact is that there's no, there shouldn't be any of this at all. It's fucking repulsive. It's horrible. Dan Snyder, you need to get out of this league forever. Sell the team. You'll have your money. You'll always have your money. But guess what? No one's ever going to like you, though. Because once you've heard of this situation, you have had to do the right thing. Immediately fire the person. Done. And also, what I didn't mention is that things that have never changed. I didn't mention this though. Sorry, not never changed. I'll get that in a second. But what's very interesting is that none of these cases of sexual harassment on any level are attached to personal personal accounts to Dan Snyder or former uh, President Bruce Allen. But Dan Snyder wasn't part of it. Like she, she he wasn't, you know, from what we've known now, He's not the one sexually harassing, but he's the one at the top. He knows what's going on. He might hear it. He probably heard it. It's his inner circle that's doing all this bullshit. 
Now, from what I've read and the research I've looked up, the things that I have never changed in this organization is the culture set at the top, right? Of course, set at the top, Dan Snyder, the owner. That's where it should be. You should have your owner telling the people below you what to do and the right way to do it. But there's never been a culture change. But the four coaches, I think it's been four coaches that he's had. But from reading this, for the four coaches, I was talk about the four coaches, players, employees, they're all replaceable. There's never a comfort level in that organization from the thing from this article I've read. I've just kind of understood that there's never been a a relaxing, positive atmosphere. It's always negative. In an environment that's always negative, there's always a problem. There's always uncomfortable situations. Guess what? Your company isn't going to do good, right? So look at the picture. You have women getting sexually harassed and verbally abused by their superiors. So what should have happened is the person that's above those superiors, which is Dan Snyder, should have made the call to fire those superiors and deal with HR and deal with the person that was harassed and fix the situation and make sure it never happens again. But this has been a recurring theme the entire time Dan Snyder's been the owner. There's never been positive atmosphere. Never. Other things that have never changed. Tons of verbal abuse. Belittling people. That's never changed. Other things that I've heard, which I think I mentioned before, was the sales department or other departments, whatever, who always said and told the women when they're selling out, they're going to these big dinners and they're meeting with their biggest clients to wear that tight dress and wear that short skirt and wear the highest heels you got. Shouldn't happen. But what's next for Dan Snyder is the question. So the post-hashtag MeToo movement there's no way in the world the NFL is going to put is going to let this slide. There's it can't happen. Right? But the NFL is going to put together an investigation and it's going to unfortunately I think it's going to take a long time. They're going to drag this shit out as long as they can. They're going to try finding some sort of distraction to get away from this incident, right? Like the NFL is back and there's no coronavirus or the coronavirus is gone or players, some player gets sick or some other signing happens. Something to take away from the, the story. Like the name change is going to be a distraction. But what, player, what, what people need to understand is that this can't be a distraction. They need to understand that this is a real issue. But look, I'm not surprised, really. I'm not surprised that this story came out from knowing Dan Snyder, the past of his ownership. Back in 2018, the New York Times wrote a story about the Washington Redskins cheerleaders doing topless photo shoots. Topless photo shoots. If you haven't read the article, I, I suggest you should of how inappropriate they were. People were reprimanded. But... Dan Steiner never was, right? He got some media backlash, whatever. 
got his, you know, he got fucked up in the media, whatever. It's not the first time that's, or the last time it's going to happen to Dan Snyder. It's hopefully it's the last time with this fucking story. But to be honest, I'm not surprised how this came out. Am I upset? Am I uncomfortable? Am I um, livid? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I don't think I'm surprised because I know what, now I'm understanding even more of what the culture is like in the Washington Redskins building. Like I said before, I was reading a bunch of tweets and getting involved in the discussion, which I love to get involved in the discussion when it's the right time for me to do it, right? I think in just about any single conversation you get into, if it's in Twitter, if it's on Facebook, if it's on Instagram, LinkedIn, or you're talking face-to-face with somebody, know your information before you start talking about it, right? Know your information. Don't don't just jump into things without getting information backed up or or talking about um, whether or not, like the impulse reactions is always get somebody in trouble. It always does. Think before you speak. So I know he probably thought, but he didn't think really that great, was Darren Ravel. Everyone knows who Darren Ravel is. He's an idiot. He tweeted out, he was basically celebrating that it wasn't that bad. What a, like what an idiot, right? So he said he tweeted, "Sorry to disappoint Redskins fans, even in the cancel culture. That story, while horrific, isn't going to take down Daniel Snyder." Well, well, well. Why in the world would you tweet something out like that? Sorry to disappoint Redskins fans, even in the cancel culture. That story, while horrific isn't going to take down Daniel Snyder. How do you tweet that and look at after the tweet? Or not even after the tweet. When you're in the in 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 the box where you're about to send your tweet off, how do you read that and say, huh, this makes sense. This is good timing. Way to use your platform for good, right? No. Let's tweet it out. And let's trigger Everybody. And guess what? Man, women, white, black, doesn't matter. You read this shit and you say, oh, Ravel, you're not smart at all, dude. How do you how do you tweet that? My favorite reaction towards this, and what's even better, I'll get to my favorite reaction, is that when he was reacting towards other people's quote tweets or retweets or whatever. He was replying, saying that basically he still wasn't wrong. Look, nobody liked this tweet. Not, not really. Like I, I don't think I saw some tweet, some person agreeing with this. You gotta just put your hand up. It's like, all right, don't defend it. Say, all right, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. It helps you out even more if you defend yourself over a stupid comment like this. You get yourself in trouble. Now, my favorite reaction towards this was Charlotte Wilder of Fox Sports. Been following her for a long time. Her articles are great. Her content videos are funny, but she's also really, really smart. So she said, What if, and hear me out, 
you don't frame a story about women's deeply personal sexual harassment as a disappointment for fans because you don't think it was bad enough to remove an owner who hasn't delivered wins. Mic drop. You fucking idiot, Darren Ravel. Charlotte Wilder, I would love to have you on the podcast. I have reached out, but I'd love to, I'd love to have you on. So I think you're really good at what you do. So, um, yeah, there's nothing really else I can talk about. This is about 25 minutes in to the podcast talking about this topic. This isn't the last time we're going to hear about this. This is just day one of this horrible, horrible story that came out. We're going to see more. I hope we see some more positive things. People get reprimanded. I hope more stories develop in other sports. It's like I hope and I don't hope. You know what I'm saying? Like I hope the stories come out, the truth comes out, but I don't I don't want to see any more stories about sexual harassment and, and, and verbal abuse towards women in the, in the workplace. It's happened forever, but hopefully now in the age that we live in, people can get some recognition and some spotlight and talk about their problems and talk about their issues because bo- building it up inside is not the way to do it. And now that this story is out and 15 women are accounting for a situation where they've had one or multiple accounts of people doing these harmful things to them, I think more people will start to come out. It's a good it's a good thing. It's a good thing and also a bad thing. But to wrap up some more NFL, just a just a quick little note here. Some guys that got some NFL contracts. Miles Garrett, five years, 125 million. Chris Jones from the Chiefs got four years on 85 million. And Derrick Henry, a four-year extension, $50 million, $25.5 million guaranteed. It's kind of a surprise on the number there, or the, like the years rather, but I'm loving the deal. Um, Dak Prescott, on the other hand, oh, yikes. The disrespect that the Cowboys are doing in this man. I, as much as I say that this guy's not worth $40 million, I've said it before and I'll say it again, the guy's worth some sort of money. He had an unbelievable year last year, having second in the league in passing yards. Um, 30 touchdowns last year. Thing is, he can't bring his team to the playoffs. He has the best offensive line. He has the best receiving core, one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. But he still can't get over the 8-8 eight eight hump. So maybe Jerry Jones is doing that way. Who knows? Because Zeke got paid. Cooper got paid. It's then Maybe it's Dak's turn. I can see Dak doing $22 million now, $25 million a year. He ain't going to get the, the 40 but I don't know. It's just we, we I've talked so much about Dak on this damn podcast. I think I kind of want this story just to fucking end already. Give him the money, give him the bag, and let's get on with it. All right. But let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up with the one story about Alex Rodriguez wanting a salary cap, but kind of walking it back. Does he really want it, or does he actually not want it? We'll get into that right after the break. we're back and let's talk about the last topic alex rodriguez is taking back some comments about talking about major league baseball having a salary cap they're the only sport that doesn't have one every sport you can think of nba nfl nhl the big sports 
They got salary caps. Major League Baseball does not. A-Rod called for baseball players to accept the type of revenue-sharing system that is tied to a salary cap style, and quickly the union did not like that, and players called him out. But A-Rod later stressed that he never said the words, quote-unquote, salary cap during the conference call. During the conference call, he said, the only way it's going to happen is if they get to the table and say the number one goal, let's get from $10 billion to $15 billion, and then we'll split the economics evenly. But that's the type of conversation instead of fighting and fighting against each other because there's too much competition out there right now. The MLBPA executive director, Tony Clark, which we mentioned many times on this podcast because of the labor disputes between Major League Baseball and the Players Union. Tony Clark responded to his response saying that Alex benefited as much as anybody from the battles this union fought against the owner's repeated attempts to get a salary cap. Now that he's attempting to become an owner himself, his perspective has now changed and is different. And that perspective does not reflect the best interests of the players. Now, some of A-Rod's comments today, taking back, he posted this at 1 o'clock in the morning, Friday morning, saying, Yesterday when I was asked about the CBA expiring in 2021, I answered honestly, but never mentioned the word salary cap, like I said before. My goal as a broadcaster, and more importantly a fan of the sport, is to grow our game. That is part of your job. I suggest on the call that both sides, players, and owners work together to make baseball as big as the NFL and the NBA. I've been in contact with Tony Clark and the executive director of the, excuse me, Tony Clark, the executive director of the MLBPA to make sure we're aligned into taking our sport to the next level and showcasing the world's best athletes. Good PR press release there from A-Rod. Um, look, the salary cap thing's been a thing for a long, long time in uh, Major League Baseball. It's been an idea. But imagine if you had the salary cap come up and what would really affect teams, teams like the Yankees, right? You paid a ton of money for Garrett Cole, right? You're paying a ton of money already for Stanton. You have some money set aside with Alvino and Araldis Chapman. But you have other guys you need to sign long-term, right? Gleyber Torres, Aaron Judge, maybe Severino when he gets healthy. Paxton, if you really want to. Zach Britton, if you really, really want to. Like longer, longer term. Probably not longer term with Zach Britton, but you get what I'm saying. With no salary cap, you can go sign and keep your guys long term and feel great, right? A lot of these teams like the like the NFL with the Chiefs, they need to be under the salary cap now with they just spent a half a billion dollars on Pat Mahomes. It's gonna really have a rough time with that franchise to go get more players. They just re signed Chris Jones for four years, eighty four million. I don't know how much is guaranteed though. Um, but the fact of the matter is that this salary cap idea is not what the players want. And guess what? If I was a player, I'd have the same exact thought. 
why would I want a salary cap where I can make less money and not all of it guaranteed? Depending on how you negotiate your contract, but majority of these non these contracts in the NFL are not all guaranteed. The only one that comes to mind is Kirk Cousins. I think it was like three years, $80 million. What a fucking steal. The best steal of all time, by the way. But A-Rod is 1,000% contradicting himself because the fact is that he made, I looked up a shout-out to Baseball Reference, my favorite website of all time. He said, I, I looked up how much money he made throughout his career, right? So he made... I think this is after taxes. I need, I need to double check here. So you're going to hear a click of baseball reference, another click. Um, the number is $396,416,252. I can't tell if this is after taxes or before taxes, but you get the idea. Roughly $400 million he made in his career with no salary cap. But now he wants to become an owner and save a little extra dough. His perspective has now changed. To me, sounds pretty dumb. If you guys know already, he is my favorite player of all time. By far, head and shoulders, my favorite of all time. I've said it before, I've said it again. I've wore his number on my back. 13 in college, in high school, based my whole life. Batting stance is roughly the same. My favorite player, favorite Yankee. But this is really bad. I know he didn't say the words... Salary cap. But in your quote, A-Rod, that's exactly what you're referring to. And that's an issue between the players. Now, are we could we see some sort of strike by spring training in 2022 with the with the uh, negotiating with the players association in the major league baseball? There could be. There's always there's, there's been rumors too. Now after this this ordeal that we've had this past couple of months we might see another one in two years but let's focus on the now a-rod wants a salary cap saying he doesn't want it but now he's taking it back the, the statements he's making the idea is still in the owner's minds and a-rod and j-lo are battling steve cohen to get ownership of the mets and a-rod being the biggest name one of the biggest names in media and one of the biggest names in baseball of all time, owning a Mets, owning the Mets, where he was a childhood fan his entire life. He was a Mets fan growing up in New York, even living in Miami. I was a Mets fan. My favorite player is Keith Hernandez. He wants this Mets team more than anything. It just adds to his portfolio. But will owning the Mets ruin it? Ruin. For the rest of the league. Because now, if he owns the Mets, now he has his own wallet in the pool. Now he has some sort of opinion that, that somewhat matters. But will it actually matter if he gets in or not? If he does get the ownership of the Mets, if he does buy it and does become the next owner. His, his voice will be heard even more about talking about maybe a situation of a salary cap. I think it would be bad for baseball. I think it would be the wrong move. And we will find another strike on our hands because the players wouldn't like that. And the funny thing is A-Rod's been – A-Rod benefited more than anybody. And, and Tony Clark is, is right a 1,000%. 
He made over $400 million with no salary cap, no over, no, no issues with either guaranteed, deferred, you didn't get deferred money, but any guaranteed or non-guaranteed money, all of it was his. So um, I usually defend A-Rod 90% of the time. This time, I do not. I do not, I do not, I do not. But that's our podcast. Hope you guys enjoy. It's a short one, I know. Not a lot of topics going on, but this, these, the first one was the main one, and I found out this A-Rod one right before I went on the air. So I'm happy about this. So if you like the podcast, go subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts and the bench in the search bar. If you want to watch the interviews that I've done with L. Duncan or if it was Gab Gowdy or Michael Eves or, or Kevin Connors or whoever I've done over the past uh, since April or March, whenever I started doing these interviews over uh, Zoom, Go find them on my YouTube page. Type in Taylor Ringgold. You'll see them right there. All these beautiful thumbnails I made. If you want to go follow me on social media, Twitter ta- at Taylor Ringgold and Instagram is Taylor underscore Ringgold. If you want to follow End of the Bench content on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, just go type in End of the Bench and you'll find us there with all the kind of content you need and links to our episodes as well. So uh, that's episode 107. We out. See you guys next week. Peace. Cause all these hoes know